Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. It's funny, Friday night, um, Sammy asked me to share my testimony, and I laughed at myself because I just had a vision of what that night was going to look like and it was not what that was. I thought there was going to be like six people there. We're all sitting on a couch. It's going to be like a Bible study. I didn't put any makeup on. I had like an inflamed eyelid and I just was like, oh, we're just going to have a conversation. I'm just going to share a little bit about my story. And I showed up on Friday night. There was like epic worship. There was a lot more than six people there. There was a camera in my face and I was like, oh, I need to like be presentable and like know what I'm talking about. I'm not just winging it here. You know, there's structure um, involved and so anyways Holy Spirit spoke through me thank God um, and see I'm going to stand now I'm going to do the stool thing and then maybe I'll go to the shorter shorter seat but um, I'm just going to share again what I shared on Friday night which is my testimony of freedom and um, yeah I think you know before I before I share I do want to just pray really quick I do want to just um, pray for some open hearts so if you don't wouldn't mind praying with me Father, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. We thank you that you are a faithful, faithful Father that sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we may be free. And so I just pray for every single heart here this morning that they would have the spiritual ears, eyes, and heart to receive your truth, to hear your heart and your voice for them and their heart and their journey, and that you would ignite that fire, just like um, Clayton said earlier, that there would be an igniting a fire of freedom in every heart here this morning. And so we give this to you in Jesus' name. So um, I do want to say, too, I, when I left on Friday night, I called Akeem, and um, I just said, Akeem, this is going to make me cry. I said, we have a really, really beautiful church community. Our people are just so great. <laughs> but I just said, you know, like, really the, beautiful, the people at our church are really beautiful. Like, their hearts are really beautiful. This is a really safe place. And this is a really safe community. And I know there's people that are newer that are coming in in this season. And I just I just want you to know that this is a really safe community with really genuine, authentic um, hearts of people who are really just for you. There's no malice, no jealousy or competition. Um, it's just this really beautiful spirit of the of the people of our church, and I'm just so grateful to to just feel to be a part of this community and be a part of this this body. Um, okay, let me get to the point. So, um, my testimony of freedom. I remember about five years ago, um, starting to wake up to this concept of freedom beyond just a scripture that I read. Um, this was about the time when I first was introduced to Bethel worship and they started like going off on YouTube and you know I don't know if you started catching that a couple years ago where all of a sudden we're seeing on YouTube these epic worship set sessions of these people who don't wear shoes and they're just all over the place and they're on the floor and they're up and they're down and you know and I remember just starting to see them worship and I remember just thinking I've never seen anyone worship like that before. And yet there was something about, is it hard to hear me? 
I kind of have a whisper voice sometimes when I'm trying to not sound aggressive. Because <laughs> I can't be aggressive. So this is my whisper voice. <laughs> Akeem knows my aggressive voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just remember there was something drawing my heart when I was watching this worship. There was something that in me, deep down, wanted that freedom. I want to not care what anyone around me is thinking, so much so that I am just all over the place, and I am just so, like, I am, it is just me and Jesus, no one's around, and I am free to dance, free to move, free to jump, free to scream, free to whatever, cry, whatever it is I want to do, I want to do all the things, and I remember just feeling this heart connection and just thinking, God, I don't know what that is, but I want that. Mind you, I'm like, you know, six plus years into my Christianity of really loving the Lord and really chasing after him and following him, but feeling like there's something about that that I don't know about and I want it. And a couple months go by, I'm pursuing this, like, God, what is that? Like, realizing that this freedom, this the one thing that I really had a hold on me during that time was, that was very evident, was fear of man, people-pleasing. Yeah. Um, and as I really remember that summer, just, like, seeking, I was just all up in the Psalms, and I was just, like, with David, I was, like, I'm crying, and I'm messing up, and I'm mad, and then I love you, and come back, and help me, and, you know, I'm just all up in the feels of David that summer, and just really, um, taking in the Psalms, and just really, like, aware of this, this bondage, um, of fear of man, and, and wanting this freedom, but not knowing how to get there, you talk about free, you read freedom in the Bible and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I get there? And I remember I was in worship one night and this is, I think, probably around when I started seeing visions, when I actually started seeing like God was show up, speaking to me through visuals. And I remember seeing myself all of a sudden like dance like a ballerina, okay? Like epic ballerina moves, okay? <laughs> That is not in my background. I do not have ballerina moves. I am not a dancer. I'm like a wannabe contemporary dancer. That's what I want to be. In my mind, when I'm dancing with God or when I'm envisioning myself before the Father, I'm contemporary dancing. And I just, that's my, what I wish I was. It's okay. Anyways, I remember thinking, God, this is like a really crazy, weird, interesting like vision. Why are you showing me dancing before you like a ballerina? And yet, seeing like there there was like this freedom about me dancing like a ballerina and I heard God say this is how I see you I see you as free and I was like wow that's amazing why do I not feel that how do I get there God help me to get there I want to live the way that you see me I want to live the way that you see me. A couple months go by, this fear of man engulfing me, overwhelming me, in fact, full on attacking me. Like I was in a situation in a season where it was like full throttle. It wasn't even like a, just a fear. It was, there was 
situations happening around me where it was like I was faced with, am I going to... Am I going to follow the, the voice of man and, and, and follow suit to this fear and the, the control of what men think about me or women think about me, people think about me? Or am I going to just follow God and follow his voice and follow his words towards me? And I remember sitting in the car with Akeem. It was like May of 2016. It's weird that I know that, but I do. Um, and I remember just bawling my eyes out, like deep, deep, deep deep, bawling my eyes out of, just wailing of like, Akeem, I just want to be free. I just want to be free of fear of man. I don't want this anymore. And not only was I crying out to Akeem about that, but I was crying out to the Lord. I want to be free. Set me free. And what I didn't realize on the other side of that prayer, that it would call for an implosion of life, (laughs) that in order for me to step into the freedom that God had for me, there was going to have to be some removals. There was going to need to be some things that would be taken away so that I could live free, so that I could step into that freedom. And um, I remember in that season, one of the things God the Holy Spirit really showed me during this season was this beautiful exchange that I could have with him that was part of the process of stepping into freedom and living free. And that was what another word to call it would be inner healing. So it was like this beautiful exchange. I had never really heard about inner healing, hadn't ever um, like walked through it with anyone one day I'm in worship. There was just this season where I was able to literally be in like worship and prayer for like hours every morning. And it was really amazing. Um, and I remember just sitting there crying, um, out to God and carrying something in my heart at the time. I don't remember what it was, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit showing me, um, like I, I saw I saw Father God on his throne. I'm in the throne room and I see myself carrying this thing and I'm walking towards him. And the whole time, Holy Spirit's like just directing this whole vision that I'm having. And I'm carrying this load. It was like this heavy load where, you know, when you're like getting a big pile of clothes out of the dryer and you're like, well, let me bring it over to the couch. I don't know if that's just me or if everyone has a better system, but I'm like, Oh, let me try to get as many clothes in, you know, as I can. And I'm, you're like, Oh, and then you put it down. So that's kind of how I looked. Imagine that like very, um, heavy, heavy load. That's kind of like messy and funny. And I'm trying to keep it all in and I'm walking, you know, to, to the feet of the father. And I see myself lay it down at his feet and then I see him take it away. Like I see this removal. It's like just gone. And then I see that I have like available hands to receive. My arms are now empty and ready to be filled. And then I see God the Father just pour out like truth to me and gifts to me in exchange for this messy pile that I was bringing to him. And that was my first experience of inner healing. Um, And I like to call it the beautiful exchange because often 
we can be afraid of bringing things to the light or bringing things to the Father because we don't want to feel it, we don't want to face it, we don't even want to let go of it. Sometimes because it feels, it's become like too familiar and too comfortable. But it's actually a really beautiful exchange, you know, this, this, this ability that we have um, in the Father. And this is actually part of our inheritance, right? Freedom is our inheritance. And, um, you know, I'll bring a little bit of scripture, okay? So that's like, got a little scripture this morning. But, um, you know, Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son and his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So freedom is our inheritance. And what breaks my heart and what makes me sad, even for my own journey, that there were so many years of knowing God and not fully embracing my inheritance, not fully living in my inheritance of freedom. He has delivered us. He has delivered us. It is, in fact, Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery because he set us free. This is the incredible inheritance that when Jesus died on the cross, sin, bondage, um, death, all of these things died with him. And when he was resurrected, they did not come back with him. We are resurrected sons and daughters. We are resurrected. That is our identity. And I just love what Ben shared earlier because identity, authority, and freedom, you guys, this is all intertwined. It's all intertwined. And that I truly believe is something I feel super passionate about and feel as a mandate on my life is to help women specifically discover their identity, authority, and freedom because it is through our knowing our identity, knowing whose we are and who we are in him, that we can step into our authority. And when we step into our authority, we can then step into freedom and live and stay free. Our authority, understanding our authority helps us live and stay free. And so um, what that freedom journey has looked like for me has been really interesting. Like I said, this has been about a five-year process of um, leaning into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity. We cannot forget one or the other. But also just um, taking assessment of the condition of my heart. I think one of the things that surprised me the most about this journey of freedom and the reality of what freedom looks like is the significance and the magnitude of forgiveness in our lives and repentance. You know, I think forgiveness can be like this like easy rhetoric churchy thing that we hear and you know in the Bible it's like, well, you know, forgive so you can be forgiven or you know, you know, Jesus said, you know, forgive those who have done you wrong seven times seven, you know, and it's kind of like this thing that we hear in church 
or that we've just heard before, even when we read the word and we think like, okay, yeah, 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 forgive. But I don't think we understand the magnitude of what forgiveness does in our hearts and in our spirits and what, when we don't forgive, what that also does to us. Forgiveness often is like the cap. It's like, imagine a, um, I don't know, something that, when the cap comes off, I don't know, a mason jar, I don't know, this is not a good example, but follow me. Like, imagine the, that forgiveness is, the, is the, um, the cap of that mason jar, and when you allow forgiveness to, to be something that you um, constantly engage with, it opens up um, that mason jar, and it allows things to go deeper, it allows seeds to be planted, it allows things to escape. It's just, it's, it's the doorway to freedom. And forgiveness is hard because some of us have experienced extremely traumatizing, horrific abuse. We've experienced betrayal, we've experienced rejection, abandonment, you know, attacks, like verbal, physical attacks. I mean, I think sometimes where we can struggle with forgiveness is we think like, okay, yeah, that must be nice, but like this thing happened to me and that's unforgivable. Or this thing happened to me and I can't. Because if if I do, then what if that, does that validate or does that um, negate what's been done to me? And that's the, that's a lie from the enemy that by not forgiving someone that it actually negates what's been done to us because the enemy wants us to stay in a place of unforgiveness because he knows that when we do forgive we actually release the power of darkness that's behind that abuse that's behind that evil that has taken place to us um and he wants to keep us engulfed in that he wants to keep us in in bondage to that And so that's why Jesus talks about again and again and again in the New Testament, forgive, forgive as I have forgiven you, forgive your brothers and sisters. And you know what? We can carry offense like every day. Like every day we have the opportunity to be hurt and offended by someone. But he continually encourages us to forgive. And sometimes you might even be thinking like, oh yeah, like these things happened to me when I was younger, this situation happened to me, but I don't need to forgive. I don't feel this like maybe deep read, like deep seated, um, like anger towards this person. Um, maybe it's just been done to me. It wasn't great. It wasn't a good situation, but it's fine. I'm fine. I'm going to let you know right now, you probably still need to forgive because not, it doesn't like your level of like anger or hatred or, sadness or pain to a situation that was actually not of God done to you still requires forgiveness um, because it was something done to you that was not of God. And he is so, he is so loving and kind that he wants the forgiveness and the repentance piece to take place so that there is freedom because there are things that could be attached to you or things that could be Um, given access in your life because that one thing hasn't been acknowledged and forgiven. Does that make sense? So we are worthy for forgiveness. And we are, and, and why I say that is that 
a situation that might not seem like is actually like known to be not a good thing, but you don't think it's a big deal, that's an indication that you feel you're not worthy of that being validated. That you're not worthy of that being something validated that that was wrong. And God wants to validate that that was wrong. You do not deserve that abuse, that betrayal, that rejection, that malice, whatever took place towards you, you do not deserve that. And if you can acknowledge that it was wrong and I forgive them, not only is that speaking to the worth that is in you as a son and a daughter, but then it's releasing the power of what that situation is doing in the spiritual realm in you. So forgiveness is, is massive. It's massive. And if you've been here long enough at Seashore, you know that this is something we talk about. We talk about forgiveness and repentance, forgiveness and repentance. That is the heartbeat, the foundation to revival. And so what freedom has looked like for me, it has been forgiveness and repentance, forgiveness and repentance. And sometimes the repentance piece can even be confusing, right? Because sometimes we can feel really vindicated and validated in what's been done to us and that we are, we've done nothing and that person was in the wrong and I was in the right. And sometimes that is a situation. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it can be a little sly what can take place in our hearts and in our minds that we can respond in ungodly ways in response to what's been done to us. You know, if you've been, um, betrayed or hurt or attacked in some way and in your mind you think god you are not faithful because you allowed this to happen to me you're not protective because this took place so our heart has has now responded in a way that's actually doubting the father instead of leaning into him and trusting him and so that is actually an ungodly response and actually opens up our hearts to the enemy to say, yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah, so if he's not trustworthy here, he must not be over here either. Oh, don't touch that person. Don't don't trust that person because remember when this happened to you? Oh, did it and all of a sudden now you feel this 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 heaviness in your life, you feel oppression in your life, your relationships are not functioning properly, your work dynamics, you can just see like these are open doors. And so often we can refer to our, our bodies, our hearts as like a house, right? And that there are windows and doors that we can leave open or closed um, to the enemy. And when we allow, when we don't stay in this place of forgiveness and repentance, it's like leaving a window open. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting flies in our house, okay? Anytime I open up my back door, there's not one, not two, not three, but four flies that come into my house somehow. And I get one, and I'm like, yes. And then there's another one, and I'm like, no. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Which is interesting that that image even came to my mind because flies are, yes. like, what are, they're like, yeah, they're little, they are little demons. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Biblically, like flies represent lies and chaos and all that stuff. I'm looking at like my theologian over here, like remind me what it is really quick, right? I don't want to say the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Lord of the flies. 
little demons. Um, so imagine that, like think about that when you think about your heart and you think about your spirit and you think about you as a person, when you open up that window or that door to these little thoughts, justification thoughts, you know, prideful thoughts, um, whatever they may be, judgments, oh, judgments, ooh, those will get you. Um, imagine little flies just flying in your house, swarming around you, buzzing by your ear, and can't get them, and you know. So imagine that's what's happening in the spirit. That's what's happening in our hearts. We're letting little flies in, and they start eating things and planting things, and it's gross. And um, so this is really important. This is really important for our for us to live free and stay free, that we are continually assessing and reflecting and asking the Lord to search our hearts to see if there are areas that we need to forgive or repent. Because our words have power, yeah. you know? The, again, the scripture that says um, life and death are on, the, are on our tongues, the power of life and death are on our tongues. It's not a cute, it's not a cute verse. You know, this is, this is a big deal when if, and I said this example on Friday night, if we can literally come into a covenant through the vows that we make to our partner at the altar, which is truly in the kingdom, that's the only thing that's connecting us to this person is our vow of commitment. How much so is our, our words when we speak things out loud about situations or people or God or ourselves, what is that doing? That's doing something whether you know it or not. And so there have been many a times, even last week, where I'm just like, you know, I just need to, I just would go, I'll lay in bed feeling like heavy hearted. And I'm like, you know what? I need to like write some things down. And there was one night last week where I was like, I need to write a list of names right now that I need to forgive because I feel heavy with unforgiveness. And I know that this, that if I'm not, being intentional about forgiving certain little things that have taken place, then I'm opening myself up to things in 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 my heart, um, attacks and um, you know more flies in my house, and I really don't want that. And so sometimes it just takes that intentional time to just sit and reflect. What's going on in my heart? What am I feeling? What is, what is heavy? What do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? What do I need to repent of? What have I come into agreement with? This particular situation that I'm referring to, like the following day I had done this whole list of things and people and situations that I needed to forgive. And then something happened during the midst of me doing that that actually like re-triggered a whole nother thing that I needed to like work through in the next day. And I didn't work through it in that moment because I was just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. The next day, let's <laughs> just being honest. Um, the next day I felt so bitter and so resentful and angry. And I had to sit and worship. I worshiped and I repented and forgave and repented and forgave. I f literally feel like I was battling it out. I was in warfare. And I felt like pain in my neck. I mean, I was like, there's something on my neck. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking of anything and everything that I can um, close the door to. I was, I was trying because I really felt like this was, an, the enemy was trying. He was tempting. 
He was the trying to oppress, and I just kept coming at him with forgiveness and repentance, and forgiveness and repentance. I was like, I am gonna keep every door closed. I am not gonna give him access. And then the next day, that was all gone, so thank you, Jesus. But it was like, literally, I was like exhausted. I'm like, I just been, I've just been at war all day today. Kim's like, what did you do today? I was like, literally, I was like literally praying all day today and worshiping and just like forgiving and repenting all day. That's what I did. So yeah, um, so a few more scriptures that I would love to share. Matthew six fourteen, just about forgiveness. Um, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone. Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you in your sins. And then 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the last one I want to share, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit means like humble, right? So when we forgive and we repent, that takes tremendous humility. We have to be okay with the fact that, well, it takes the humility and and trust too, you know, because it's like, God, I'm trusting that like, you're going to do something about this. That you're going to do, that you, number one, that you see me, you hear me. You saw the situation and that you're going to take care of it. And that me holding on to it is actually counterproductive. And that it's actually stealing from me and my joy, my life, the quality of life that I can be having when I could just release it to you and trust that you will do what you need to do in that person and that you will do what you need to do in me. And now I can be free to fully receive all that you have for me. That was Holy Spirit right there because that was a good rhyme. And I did not have that pre-anything. <laughs> I'm winging it right now, you guys, just so you know. <laughs> totally winging it. Um, and so this scripture, you know, when I was battling it out, I called some of my girlfriends and I just said, like, I am not okay. I am. I need you to pray for me. And um, this scripture, James 4, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he will flee. That came to my mind. And um, resist, I really believe when you hear like resist, it's kind of like, how do, you, how do I resist? How do I resist forgiveness and repentance? Forgiveness and repentance. Therefore, you leave no door open for him to make a home for flies to make a bed, to plant little babies and do their thing. There's no room for that. Forgiveness and repentance. So I just want to take this last chunk of time. One of the things that I love to do and something that helps me is application. I've learned, how I've learned is through application and how I like to help people when I share this stuff with them. I like to show them how they can do it so that this is something you can constantly 
function in or constantly bring into your your moments with God. This is something you can do in the car. This is something you can do in the shower. This is something you can do at the table. This is something you can do, you know, when you're folding laundry. And this is um, this is this is part of the authority piece. And so, I just want to give everyone the opportunity to partake in the beautiful exchange. And for some, this might be like not new information. This might be something you've been practicing for a long time. Um, this might be very new information. Um, you might find yourself being someone who's like, okay, I want that freedom. I don't know how to get there. Or you might be someone that's just felt like, you know, there's been things that have happened to me and I don't really want to forgive. And I just want to speak to that. And I just hope that everything I did share encourages you in that and knowing that like God wants you to be free from that. That you don't have to carry that. And that spirit of oppression or depression does not have to have a hold on you. And that often I've learned, I've actually battled with depression for 15 years, if not longer than that. And um, I truly believe I've just been set free from depression, the spirit of depression, through doing this work, through doing the forgiveness and the repentance piece. Um, it's It's a generational thing. There's also trauma, real things that could have, that have, uh, evoked that but I realize now that's a spirit it's a way for the enemy to steal and he's stolen a lot for me because of that but it's all good God's restoring it and going to continue um and I actually think I want to pray for that in specific uh during this time but I just want you to know that God is faithful you can hand it over to him you can be free. You can experience joy. You can experience f- fullness and wholeness and freedom in him. And all it takes is forgiveness and repentance. And let God do the other work with the other people involved. And so if you guys don't mind just closing your eyes. And I want you guys to imagine yourselves standing in the throne room of grace before the Father. I'm so glad it's a grace throne room that we can come boldly before him because of grace, because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I want you to see Jesus standing at his right hand. And I want you to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, however you can see that. And I want you to see yourself carrying carrying something that is bogging you down, something that you know that has a hold on you, something that you know controls you, something that you know feels heavy to you, that is oppressing you. Imagine you holding that in every, any way that you, you want. And now I want you to, watch your, uh, to see yourself step towards the throne of grace, to step towards the feet of the Father bringing that to him. I want you to see yourself laying that down at his feet and within yourself. Just declare what you're giving to him. Just just define what it is you're giving to him and that you're giving it to him. 
I want you to just kind of imagine yourself like totally taking your hands off of that thing or those things, like hands are back, hands are to yourself, you're not touching it, you're not grabbing for it, you're not keeping, you know, like a little pinky on it, like no, it's, it's, it's out of your grip. Father, we give these things to you right now in the name of Jesus. And you should see them leave. Imagine them leaving, see them leave, it should be gone. And if not, then maybe that needs to be a moment of reflection, like, no, God, I am, I'm gonna let go of this, I'm gonna trust you. And just within your own heart, just just pray that, just declare that, God, I'm gonna trust you, I let go of this, I don't wanna carry this anymore. And now I want you to just imagine the Father looking at you with such pride and adoration and love and acceptance. And I want you to ask him, Father, what do you have in exchange for me? And I want you to listen to his words of affirmation and love as he pours out a new gift for you to receive. Father, we, we receive your truth right now in the name of Jesus. Imagine yourself clinging, hugging that truth, hugging those gifts that he just gave you to your heart, that that is now the thing that you carry. And I want you to see yourself like walking away with that. That is your truth. That is what you now carry. And so, Father, I just seal the truth and the gifts and the impartations and the freedom that you just gave out right now in the name of Jesus. And specifically, I want to pray against a spirit of oppression and depression. <laughs> you are a lie. You are a lie and you do not belong here. You do not belong on any single person here because these are sons and daughters of the king. And I plead the blood of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, over every single person here. And if there's anyone that is dealing with the spirit of oppression and depression, I command in the name of Jesus for that spirit to be broken and to leave that person and go to the feet of Jesus Christ where you will be judged. Father, I just ask that you would give insight to anyone who is dealing with that um, for wisdom of when it tries to creep back in and the strength to close every window and every door to that spirit. And I just command the spirit of joy, 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 abundant joy, peace, and love to overwhelm every single person and restore the people that have been under the bondage of spirit of oppression and depression right now in the name of Jesus, that the cup, their cup would be filled with joy and peace and love in the name of Jesus. We love you. We trust you, Father. 
And we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.